What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. Another episode of the Doster and Deshaun podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. Deshaun, it is here. It is Selection Sunday. We have a bracket. How fired up are you? Uh, this is what I look forward to every year. This is going to be an amazing uh, tournament, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm fired, I'm so up. fired up. I'm, I'm in so my house. I'm sweating. That's how fired up I am right now. So how do you how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about West Virginia's region? You feel good about it? It's not bad at all. I mean. I'm shocked that we got as high as we did with the way that we finished the season. I would say that. Um, Whereas State's a solid team. I'm not going to even think about brushing by them the way we've been playing. But uh, as far as like that's that region, I think we got a good chance to like come out of it. I mean, Houston plays very, very hard. They played great today. Um, Rutgers is Rutgers. I mean, we can't knock Rutgers. Clemson is a nice, what, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type deal there, like how their season's been going. But uh, I really feel like we got a good chance, you know. Syracuse is going to be interesting. I mean, if they get out of that first that first round with uh, San Diego State, like Syracuse, that zone is, is going to is always hard to break for teams that don't see it all the time. So, I mean, the the the, the region is good, but I still think we have a really good chance of coming out on top. Yeah, you, I mean, you, I think you got a pretty good draw. Um, yeah. and, and we'll kind of get into that more in a little bit as the stream kind of goes on. Um, I want to start at the top with, uh, with with just kind of overall reactions to to the bracket. Um, I don't think that there were really all that many things to complain about. Like I'm a little bit, I'm just wondering how Georgia Tech ended up like on the nine seed line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a little bit weird that Oregon State and Drexel. Uh, or, uh, or Oregon State and Georgetown got a 12 seed line, and um, and Drake is playing in a playing game um, where Drake would have been like they were the at large teams, and no one would have thought that Georgetown or Oklahoma State would have had the chance to get in. I think that's just kind of down to the fact that we don't put automatic bids in the playing games. Is my mm-hmm. guess is, is the reason yeah. why it came out the way, but I I would understand if Drake and Wichita State had a little bit of a complaint about that, and then Oklahoma State is a four seed. Uh, is is strange. Um, West Virginia yeah. was seeded higher than Kansas. They were seeded higher than Texas, and they were seeded higher than Oklahoma State. And that one, just, I don't really. I, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna need to hear an explainer on that. It sounds like they they really took into account the fact that Oklahoma State had a couple losses and like their metrics weren't that great because they played close close games. But um, I don't know. Where do you where do you do you have any? Was there anything that stood out for you? Anyone that got snubbed? Anything? Any like what do you got? Well, to the Oklahoma State point, yeah, I kind of thought that that was strange. Um, they Their team showed that they can beat good teams with or without their better players on the, the floor at times late in the season. Um, the way they finished their season was, I mean, besides not winning the last one, it was great. Uh, I think we talked about them having, what, the most quad one wins of the year out of out of everyone. So, so, so they, real quick, real quick, they're, they're, they're second. Um Illinois Same. has the most. Yeah, Illinois has twelve quad one wins, which is the most. I would say, yeah, because in the Oklahoma conference, Oklahoma State has ten, which is the second. Um, and there's only one other team that has more than eight, so that they have the second most quad one wins. I, I don't like. I yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I couldn't put it together. I kind of thought that was strange. I was expecting us to possibly be like a on the outskirts of the three, like we were, but even four, because I thought they were going to probably make room for them because of the way they were playing the last two, three weeks of the season. Yeah. My expectation was to basically, you would have flip flopped Oklahoma state and West Virginia. So Oklahoma state would have been the three, maybe even snuck onto the two line while West Virginia would have probably been a four, but like, I mean, if your biggest quibble is a three seed should have been a four and a four seed should have been a three. 
then like the you probably got a pretty good bracket. Um, yeah, yeah. not to mention I don't want West Virginia getting lower. I mean, yeah, I yeah. want them. So let's, let's let's start by breaking down the the West region first, where Gonzaga is the number one overall seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and for my money, I think that Gonzaga got the easiest draw out of all of the number one seeds, which is kind of makes sense. You know, they're the number one overall seed. So yeah. what do you make of their region overall and their chances to get to a final four? Um, I look at the teams in their in their region. I mean, Oklahoma will play hard, but I don't see Oklahoma stopping Gonzaga. Missouri as well. Creighton will push Gonzaga. Um, but even then, I just feel like Gonzaga is too deep of a team, and their their, their guards are just better. For like, mm-hmm. I feel like their guards are better. They have and they have a, a lot more weapons at the guard area than Creighton does. So, I feel like Creighton would be their best bet to slowing them down, like within those first two games. Then, I mean, you go through the list. If if these people on the other on the other side can make it through Iowa, like Eastern Washington, I actually think would be pretty good. But if they can make it through Iowa who I think will be playing Gonzaga, who Gonzaga's already beaten. I think Gonzaga will be fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. Um, so the, my, my biggest thing is we've already seen them play Iowa, yeah. right? And, and they, mm-hmm. they they beat Iowa. I think they ended up winning by 11, but it felt like a game that, that they, they were, were up. They were, yeah, they were up the majority of the time they were playing. Yeah, they were basically in control the entire time. Uh, then you have Kansas as a three seed, and, and we don't know what's going on with Kansas in terms of um, how many players are going to have eligible? Jeff Goodman keeps reporting that they have a very important player, his words, uh, that is not going to be playing uh, um, on at least in the first couple of games because he tested yeah. positive. We know that David McCormick's been out with contact tracing. And then Virginia, like they're not even going to get to Indy until Friday. You know, they still have to go through all the testing stuff that they have to do to be able to get yeah. cleared. Like they're not practicing right now, they're in quarantine. So you put all that stuff together, and, and I feel like they have probably have the easiest draw. Yeah. Uh, where do you see? Where what's the most intriguing first round matchup for you out of this region, and where do you see do you see any upsets? Um, in this region, I actually look forward to watching the Eastern Washington and Kansas game. Um, they have four or five guys who are very like you know I'll, I'll always like balance scoring, and I feel like they have four or five guys who uh, can make it difficult for a team. Especially they they rebound the ball, which I mean not to. Not Kansas is usually a job of group rebounding. David McCormick usually isn't a guy that's like leading the team with many rebounds as a season guy. I've seen him with three rebounds finish the game numerous times. And then I look at, you know, Tanner Grill, uh, what is it, Tanner Grill? Yeah, like, like we have, they have him, they have Kim Allen, Aiken, I mean, excuse me, Kenny Aiken Jr., who rebound the ball really well. And I mean, obviously it's Kansas and it's Eastern Washington, two different, completely different programs. And Kansas plays against a ton of ranked competition throughout the year, but missing a certain amount of players um, coming into the first round game, um, a rusty. I don't, I don't know if Dave will be rusty. Dave McCormack will be rusty, but not having these games to get him ushered into the tournament won't help Kansas out either. I feel like this is an opportunity for a team to take advantage of a, a higher seeding. Yeah, I could, I could see them getting picked off. Um, for me, I, I think the two most interesting first round matchups are probably going to end up being uh, the the four and the five seed games. UC Santa Barbara is loaded, dude. Like they really? have, yeah, they have like their their starting point guard is Jagori McLaughlin, who used to be, uh, I think he was at Oregon State. He was a top seventy five recruit. They got a kid named Miles Norris at the five, who started out at Oregon. He was a top one hundred prospect. Like they are just littered with high major talent. Joe Pasternak, the former. Uh, Arizona assistant is their head coach. They're very, very good. Um, And I think that they can, they, they have the kind of athletes that can match up with Creighton and, and, and like deal with the, the, the mismatches that Creighton's perimeter players create. Um, So I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. I also love Ohio against Virginia. You got to, I don't know how much you've seen Ohio play this year, but they got a kid named Jason Preston. Preston. Yeah. 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 He has a great story. Great story. And he's going to play in the NBA one day. Like he's he's elite, and the fact that they're going up against that team coming out of their paws is going to be very very interesting to watch. Um, and I, I yeah. I'm probably gonna I'm gonna have Santa Barbara and uh, Ohio both advancing um, out of that region. The one other matchup that I do just want to mention that um, wasn't even actually, a surprise for me though. My bad. I'm sorry. That wasn't even a surprise for me. I kind of thought Ohio being as far as Preston doing what he does and Virginia. I've I wasn't too bought in on the guards this year. Like, even with K.A. Clark, like, I just wasn't too bought in. 
They didn't play yeah, two I mean, consistent that's, that's, so. that's the obvious one, right? Like Virginia yeah. and Ohio and then Villanova went through, but the two obvious ones just because of the, the circumstances that the higher seeds are going through. And there's not much yeah. you can do about that. Um, the other matchup that I'm really interested in is uh, in, in the second round. Assuming Oregon can get past VCU, I think that Oregon matchup against Iowa is just fascinating because you need to have a big body to be able to slow down Luca Garza. But on the other hand, you know the 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 way that Oregon wants to play with the five wings that are all they, they they basically have five guys that are all six six that play yeah like that's going to be very difficult for Idaho to match up with and I think um, that is a place where they can get picked off I, I would not be surprised I mean I like Oregon averages what like around seventy points again I, I feel like mm-hmm. that's going to be a bad matchup for Iowa Granted, Iowa's been doing better you've been preaching to us and Iowa has been doing better defensively. They have. Have, I, I, got, I, got, I got a number for you. I got a stat for you. Talk Ready? To me. Talk to me. So, uh, my guy Bart Torvik, uh, the guy that runs the the Totally T Bomb, um, uh, the 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 site with all the metrics there. It's called I think it's called T Bomb. I think that's what the metric. Whatever it is, it's an efficiency site that you could break it down by dates. And yeah. since February sixth, Iowa is the nation's eighth most 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 efficient defense. That's hard for me to say. Eighth most efficient defense. There you go. Third time's the charm. Which um, <laughs> I think says a, a lot about. Uh, how good they've been. You know, they've been a top 10 defense over six weeks. That That's a pretty big sample size. So um, I, I am bought in on them on that end. And I, I, I do think that they'll get past Oregon. Uh, but that is – Oregon is a team that is seeded as a seven seed despite being the talent of a four seed because of issues and losses that they took when they were coming off of COVID pauses. So I just yeah. think that that's, that's a rough draw for Iowa in the second round. But I do think that it's one that they can win. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm similar in a sense. I feel like Iowa's bought in enough defensively, enough to, you know, do what they need to do normally offensively to beat Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know? All right. So uh, coming out of that region, who do you have um, in your Elite Eight? Who do you have getting to the Final Four? Is there any way that someone like a USC or someone like that can be able to make a run in, in this bracket, DC? Um, I have. USC getting to in this Sweet 16 and, uh, of course, to play against Iowa. Like, I have that. That's a given. I don't see them passing. Ooh. I mean, Mobley against Luka. Yeah, no, that's the matchup I kind of looked at. I, I feel like USC can beat w- Wichita or Drake at the end of the day. And I kind of think that Eastern Washington will get past Kansas and it'll be USC, Eastern Washington, and, and you know, USC – Evan Mobley is a little bit too much for whatever they got going on there regardless. And they'll play against Iowa. I, I got Gonzaga and Iowa, though. Definitely yeah. meeting up. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I, One, I'm really excited to see that matchup again just because you know there's going to be points on points on points on points on exactly. points in the game. Uh, but I don't think before the Elite Eight that Gonzaga plays a game where that gets kept within like 15 points. No, there's not that, a team there. There's not a team there. Yeah. I don't think that – so we both have Gonzaga in the Final Four. Do you have them getting there unscathed? I got Gonzaga there. I have uh, – yeah, I got Gonzaga there, definitely. It's not even close. All right, what's the uh, last thing in the region that we'll move on? What is the biggest storyline that you are tracking in, in that in that region? I'll go first, I guess. Mine is uh, yeah. is whether or not uh, Gonzaga can go undefeated. Like, I think that's the biggest storyline of this tournament. They're chasing perfection. Uh, the last team to do it was in 1976. That was Indiana, who also went 32-0. and um, so that's uh, – I, I think they get it done. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that they'll get to the Final Four on skate. Um, sheesh. It comes down to, to me, if Creighton can get past their off-the-court issues. <laughs> I mean, uh, not many teams get hit with, like, something like this at the very end of their season. You know, we've seen stuff early in the season, preseason, and and during the earlier parts of the season where, you know, teams – have to go through some type of adversity not many teams get hit with stuff like this toward the end of their season and it looked like they got past it before the last game and then they just got housed so it'd be interesting because I kind of feel like Creighton is the only team that can literally stand in Gonzaga's way before you know before they advance to what is that the Sweet 16 possibly or Elite 8 which was it whichever two I just Creighton might be the only team that can match up with them offensively and I just give them a push. Yep. All right. Before we move on to the next region, I just want to tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers. Uh, if you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one 
playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. When you win at Bet Rivers, they pay fast. And now it's even faster with Rush Pay instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. I know because I use them. And with March Madness right around the corner, it's here. It's not around the corner, it's here. There's never been a better time to give Bet Rivers Sportsbook a try. So go to betrivers.com today or download the Bet Rivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Uh, Deshaun, the South region, Baylor, number one seed. What do you got? Yes. I don't. I think they they'll get a they'll get a first uh, a first half out of one of the teams uh, in the, in their section. I feel like Baylor will beat Hartford, and then they'll probably play against Wisconsin the next game, and then they'll get a half of good basketball. But Baylor, I don't see anybody until they get to the Elite Eight stopping or even like even like I look at Coach Painter's team, like they're they're good and it can cause some problems, but I feel like Baylor guard wise, that the too much they're too much of uh they have too much of an arsenal offensively and defensively on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Like they that no other team can Wisconsin, like Hartford, no no team there can stop Baylor from doing what they want to do. Yeah, I'm just I'm worried about Baylor defensively. And we just on the on the stadium show was just on. We actually talked to Scott and he said that um they basically had one day of practice between coming back, like one day of actual practice that wasn't traveling, that wasn't a shoot around, that wasn't trying to save your legs, that wasn't trying to that wasn't actually playing games, that wasn't traveling. One day of practice since they started playing games. One real actual honest to God day of practice. And he basically said like what we've been saying this whole time. Their rotations are just – they're not there. Think about it like this. Um, if you haven't shot a jump shot in 21 days, what's your jump shot going to look like? It's not going to be great. So they basically they have not been practicing their rotations in 21 days, and so their rotations are just not quite as crisp um, as as you need it to be. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just that's that's my take on it right there. I do think that they're going to be better once we the, the tournament or once they get these couple of days of practice in. But that's that's the biggest concern with me now. Where I think that they have a really interesting matchup is in the second round um, against potentially against North Carolina because. Yeah. I think you can make the argument that Baylor's best five is when they have Vital at the five and then the four guards, with like Flagler, Butler, Teague, and um, and Davion out there. And you know that there are always going to be two bigs um, on the floor when North Carolina plays. They're going to attack yeah. the glass, and that's the place where you can you can beat Baylor. So um, I'm, if that happens, that that's the place where I do think that they can uh, get picked off. Yeah, for some reason, I kind of think Wisconsin would win that game. Just I feel like trusting older guards. Caleb Love has been good, but I just trust older guards. And obviously, I'm a Demetrius Trice fan, so yeah, let's get that out the way. That's my guy. That's your guy. Uh, Ride or die, you know, man. Now's the time. I mean, once again, I just feel like um, Garrison Brooks and 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 uh, is it Sharp? Yeah, Daron Sharp. Yeah, exactly. I feel like Dayron and, and Garrison, they'll do fine, but not as well against Reavers and Potters. I feel like they've had a terrible last, like fin- wrapping up the Big Ten. And I feel like they know this is like, I would hope they know this is their last opportunity against the tournament. So I kind of think that an older guard will take advantage of uh, a younger one in this scenario yeah. uh, as far as the Wisconsin and North Carolina game. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you there. Um, all right. So uh, what what do you think is the best first-round matchup? And do you see any upsets that kind of jump off the page at you? I like the Florida-Virginia Tech. I'm actually looking forward to seeing who will walk away from that. The North Carolina and the Wisconsin one is really good as well. I mean, but uh, if I had to pick, I, I would like to see uh, Florida and Virginia Tech. I think uh, it would be good to see Trey Mann play against the experienced Virginia Tech backcourt. Like, these guys are dogs. So, like, I, they just – they play with a certain style of basketball, and I can't wait to see if uh, Florida's guards are tough enough to get by that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm worried about Virginia Tech is it kind of came off of a recent pause. But um, at this yeah. point, by the time the tournament starts, it'll be six days, mm-hmm. six more days, something like that, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, the matchup I'm really intrigued to see is Texas Tech against Utah State. 
Okay. Utah State's got a center named Namish Kata, who mm-hmm. is just an absolute monster, a defensive beast. Um, he put like 17 shots through the backboard uh, during the um, the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Uh, he's been really, really, really good. And they have some guys around him that can make shots. They have some playmakers. Um, so I, I do think that Utah State, even though they don't have Sam Merrill, I think that that is a good team that just matches up well with what Texas Tech wants to do. Um, so I, I do think that that's going to be interesting. You know, Texas Tech has had a lot of success recently on the offensive glass and with guys yeah. getting to the rim and, and Micah Peavy kind of making some plays in and around the bucket. So um, I do think that's going to be interesting. I, I, I think the Texas Tech will get by them. The place where I see an upset is the obvious one. Winthrop over Villanova. Winthrop's really, really good. They, they're they going to run. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. They got a kid named Chandler Valdron. Yeah, six foot seven division two transfer at the point that puts up he put up three triple doubles this year. He's a great passer. He really just kind of orchestrates everything they do offensively. Um, they've won loss this season and it came by two points. Now they haven't really played anybody, uh, but they, I mean, you go 22 and one, you're doing something right. Um, and matching up with a team that doesn't have a great point guard uh, is something that I think that they're going to be able to take advantage of. Yeah, I mean they have him and they got a, a guy that's uh, what is he maybe a, like uh, what is it DJ Barnes I believe he's pretty yep. tough like big chance I mean Villanova, so and this is not the same Villanova team we saw and even then we still thought that same Villanova team was still missing something so I mean at the end of the day they're very, it's a it's a great chance I still think Villanova will pull this one out I feel like uh, hopefully Justin Moore is like is he back. Yeah, he he played. He, he wasn't fully healthy, but he played. Yeah, so like having Justin Moore there, and they'll have some guard ready to at least get Villanova by that uh the first team. I mean, so I can't see Villanova yeah. really losing. They got a chance. What 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 matchups are you really looking? Are you really hoping that will happen at some point in uh in this bracket? Um, I am looking forward to Ohio State and Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech actually can get to the Sweet 16. And I actually I, – I, I'm hoping Matt McClung can have a better uh, tournament than he's had the, like his last – I would like maybe four or five games. He, he's been, like, I would say, inconsistent as far as scoring. I feel like teams have been pressing him a little bit more, making him do more than he needs to do. I think around the tournament time he should be fine. And I, I would love to see Texas Tech get to the Sweet 16 to play against Ohio State to see uh, – which uh, which guard uh, will have the best matchup between Mike McClung and uh, Dwayne Washington? Yeah, Dwayne was so good today. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he was no, unbelievable he against Illinois. I, you know, honestly, I think I think Ohio State is a team that's kind of flying under the radar um, heading into the tournament right now. I, I mean, look, they, I know they had a rough end to the so? Big Ten regular season schedule, but it, there's been no team better than Illinois over the course of like the last four weeks. And Ohio State could have, maybe, arguably should have beaten them in the Big Ten tournament title game. Uh, Dwayne Washington, when he plays like this, is an ultimate difference maker. We know how good E.G. Liddell can be. Uh, so, and, and look, they did all that without Kyle Young, who, who was out with the, the, the results of a concussion system, symptoms. The other sleeper that I really like in this, um, in this part of the bracket is Purdue. Uh, Matt okay. Painter's really got yeah. them playing well. Their young guys have been effective. Um, and I like them for the, because – one, I think that they, they have a pretty fairly good matchup against North Texas. North Texas is good, don't get me wrong, uh, but the, the, that's kind of strength on strength. And when you have strength on strength uh, in a matchup like a 4-13, then I'm just going to bet on the team that has more talent and the, the bigger conference. Um, and then you get either a wounded Villanova or Winthrop in the second round. So I think that that's fairly uh, easy for Purdue. Not Well, easy is the wrong word. I think that's a, that's a fairly good um, path for Purdue. And yeah. then if you get Baylor in the, in the Sweet 16 – I think that's a matchup I think Purdue can win because, again, they have so much size inside and so many big bodies that I think that they can take advantage of uh, the small lineups that Purdue want, or that Baylor wants to play. It's kind of the, the, what they do is, is kind of similar and how they play is kind of similar to North Carolina um, in the sense that they, they're, they're kind of built around getting the ball into the paint and, and, and operating through their bigs and Zach E.D. and Trevion Williams. So Trevion Williams, um, yeah. that would be interesting. Uh, Purdue is one that I'm, I'm – Looking at all right, I need your elite eight, and I need your final four coming out of elite eight and final four coming out of the south. Let me go. It'll be Baylor and Ohio for my uh, elite eight. I think Baylor will play Ohio State, and 
it'll be interesting because uh, E.J. Liddell won't have that uh, that mismatch factor that he normally has over the bigs that he has in the Big Ten. But um, still, even with Vital there, I still think E.J. Liddell will still find a way to get a basket, man. He's been nothing but nothing short of amazing uh, the, the last, I would say, like six games or so. He's played great. He's uh, been there constant offensively. So I, I look forward to watching those guys play. All right, so let's move on to the which re- I don't even know which region this is. The Midwest East. with uh, oh, it's the Midwest. Midwest. Oh, Midwest. Midwest. We'll go where Illinois is the number one seed. Um, yeah. And ah, man, I think Illinois got one of the toughest draws in this event. Um, you could be looking at Georgia Tech, ACC tournament champion in the second round. Yeah. You could be looking at Cade Cunningham in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, I'm not that sold on on Houston, but I do think that we could end up with a situation where West Virginia is heading to the Elite Eight in this spot. What do you make of this region? What do you make of the draw for Illinois? And are the Illini the favorites to get to the Final Four out of the Midwest? Um, they definitely are the favorite to get to the Final Four. I mean, did, did you watch the game today? Like, uh, <laughs> like, like it, was, it was amazing. Excuse me. Uh, Kofi was amazing. Um Andre played great. Like I, I like the the two like the two point guard tandem. I told you I thought that'd be a good idea when we talked about uh uh we talked about Illinois in our segment. Uh, your team sucks. Make sure you guys check that out. But uh yeah, I thought I thought that that was a, a nice little pickup for them as far as having Dre in the half court, being able to come up pick and rolls, and then keeping Io to the left so he can go downhill right and also make plays for others. I mean. It was it was great to watch today. So I'm, I think uh, Illinois definitely has a great route uh, set up for them to to go to the Final Four. I mean, it's yeah, tough, I mean, but it's not it's not easy by any means. But I feel like they can get there. They're, they're, they're talented enough. Yeah, I mean, they can absolutely get there. Um, and, and we've gone over Illinois enough. We don't really need to, to hype them yeah, up. The exactly. guard looks, the improvements that Kofi has made on the defensive end of the floor. Exactly. Um, I, look, Georgia Tech in that that second round. Jose Alvarado is a dog, man. Yeah, I love I'm, excited. I'm excited to see the guard matchup. <laughs> his, his celebration um, when they made it to when the ACC tournament, I was just like, that is the happiest dude alive. When he was when he when he was running around and then all of a sudden spotted the the um, the balloons and went yeah. and jumped in the balloons, I was like, oh my god, look at this guy. He's enjoying the it. moment, man. He's enjoying the moment, man. Yeah, shout out to Jose Alvarado. Um, mm-hmm. That'll be that'll be great because we have a potential Jose Alvarado Andre Curbelo matchup in the second round of the tournament. Which oh buddy, my two my two favorite little guards in the country. See who have the most exciting moments or turnovers. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, so I I I mean look, um, that's a tough draw for them to get to get Georgia Tech potentially in the second round, and then Oklahoma State potentially in the Sweet Sixteen. I honestly think. Oklahoma State, um, that that's a really, really difficult matchup for uh for for the Illini because oh, so much yeah. of what Oklahoma State does plays into the way that they want to play. And look, if we can get Iowa against Cade in the sweet sixteen, like sign me up for that, that's bro. Win, that man. is cool. Yeah, that's good. Everybody wins. Everybody wins on that game. <laughs> Everybody wins. Um, all right, so give me give me your the the first round matchup you're looking forward to the most and the upset pick that you have coming out of that region. I am looking forward to out of the first round. I'll probably say Rutgers and Clemson. I want to see which Rutgers and which Clemson will get. I feel like uh, I've seen I've seen Houston play great. Obviously, I've seen like Syracuse is playing against San Diego State, who's, which is going to be a good game, but. Rutgers has also had a very good start to the season and a very like blah middle. And then they've started to find their way back toward the end of the season. And Clemson just like they finished strong because they didn't have they, they were getting blown out left and right. So I, I'm excited to see which which one of these teams are going to come out. Like, are we going to see a subpar game or are we going to get them both at their absolute best? So this is the game. I, 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 have, a, I have a confession. That might be the first round game that I'm looking forward to the least. Clemson. Really? I, 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 no, mean, I, yeah, like, I just I feel like it's gonna, I get what you're saying. There, I get what you're saying. Like, there's a lot to determine there because that's two, two teams that we both were very high on at one point and yeah. aren't now. But it's also like that game is <laughs> definitely going to be played in like the 50s and it's going to be <laughs> ugly and they're going to be like running flex and shit. And I'm like, I don't. I don't think there's a good first round matchup in this region now. The second round matchups, 
it gets juicy quick. So we have the potential of Georgia Tech and Illinois, which we just talked about. Yeah. We could get Oklahoma State and Tennessee in the second That's round. Buckle up. We can get Syracuse, who always goes on runs. Like you can you can set your clock to Syracuse going on a run at some point in the NCAA tournament. I think it's going to happen here. Um, potentially going up against your West Virginia Mountaineers, yes. right? Like that's that's spicy. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting second round spicy. for sure. It's gonna be interesting second round for sure. Um, um, all right, so give me give me your upset special in the first round coming out of this region. First round, I teased I, mine already. I got the orange baby. The orange. The- <laughs> tough to play against. I oh, love yeah. Brian Dunker, but he might have his eye on uh, on a job somewhere in uh, in the state of Minnesota. Um, and look, that Syracuse, this is what they do, right? They somehow find their way on the bubble. They somehow find their way into the tournament, and then they go on a run. This is what they do. You this see, is, 82, they, they are built for this. They eight, are built for eight, this. 82 Atlantic says Syracuse then going to Baylor in 2019. <laughs> yeah, true. It's true. true. Um, sure, I can argue that. Yeah. But, uh, All right. So, um, no, I just, I, I like, I like the, I like Syracuse in that spot. I also, I kind of think Oregon State can give Tennessee some trouble. Um, just look, Oregon State plays in the mid-major league in the big in the Pac-12. Uh, they were um, they finished fifth in a league that basically had three good teams, and I get all that. But Tennessee is just there's just something about them that it's just not clicking. It just and it never has clicked all season. And you could just see like there's always a moment in a game where you can just sign, kind of see the air go out of Tennessee sales. And mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't think that this this year is going to be really all that different. Yeah, I mean Oregon State is the team that's won the, it won its very first <laughs> um Pac 12, right? Mm-hmm. Can't count, uh, you can't count a team that's just made history out. Um Oregon State that I saw today it was pretty funny. Like they named all the teams that won their conference tournaments and then it said first time and it says ever in all caps like so as a joke. So but shout out to them. I think uh, they got a chance to beat Tennessee, but Tennessee is if they show up defensively, and I, I don't, I don't really see Oregon, Oregon State uh, doing too much to stop Tennessee. I, I mean, I that's, that's, that's the thing, right? Like that's the thing with Tennessee. It's if they show up. Yeah, that is true. So I, like that's it's a lot of, a lot of SEC though. Yeah. Um, all right. So talk to me about um, who you got in the Elite Eight and who you got in the Final Four. Like how do you, how do you think this bracket's going to end up playing out? Well, I have – you're going to kill me. I have Rutgers beating Houston. I, I feel like, Rutgers, I I feel like Rutgers has enough skill at certain positions, mainly point guard and at the four spot, and then they also can be really big. Now, obviously, I know how well Houston, especially after watching them, watching them today, how hard they, they hit the glass, how they just create the pace defensively and offensively. But I feel when you have – we have certain matchups and size like Rutgers would have over them, and obviously they're they're sharpened with uh, their conference schedule. I can't I can't count Rutgers out, so I have Rutgers beating Houston, and that in that next round, and then West Virginia versus Rutgers, which I know my boy Ben, my boy Benny is over there like smiling. Ooh. And I got us people that don't got, know Ben Asher was a he was a grad assistant, a GA at West yeah. Virginia, and now he's he's on staff at uh, at Rutgers, so he'll be a little bit more. It'll be a little spicy. I know Ben's gonna the, probably the, uh, the group chat will get real interesting. <laughs> I got, but real quick, I just want to yeah. I just want to follow up your point on Houston. Yeah, um, Houston, like what they do great is kind of play bully ball a little bit. Exactly. And I want to see what happens when they try to play bully ball against the bullies. Yes. That makes sense. So that'll, it'll be interesting. They're good, they're well coached, they got great guards. Quentin Grimes has been unbelievable this year, but that's that'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah, so like I, I think that'll be the case. I got West Virginia getting past Syracuse. If shots are going going down, because jump shooting is very important against the zone, and also finding ways to get Derek Cover to score against the zone is going to be like very important for uh, the Mountaineers. Because I mean, I don't see the Mountaineers winning many games if Derek Cover doesn't get his double doubles and and mm-hmm. cost and cost and, and Syracuse isn't leaving the zone, so it's not like a worry about double teaming and stuff like like they're they're not coming out of the zone. So the Mountaineers are going to have to make jump shots to get to the next round. I think they will. And I think they got a chance again past uh, Rutgers. I have Illinois getting past Kate Cunningham and those guys in the uh, – I want to say is that the Sweet 16. And then I, I see West Virginia and Illinois, in which I have to 
Do I give you my my my, my personal bracket or just my actual pick? I, I no, no. Think- I, I want, if you, you could take you could take West Virginia. If you want West Virginia going, take once it. again, once again. I know you guys out there are going to hate me. I have my Mountaineers playing a very, very, very great game against Illinois. It's going to be damn near impossible to, and it'll be a great match to see uh, Kofi and Derek Culver. But uh, I think Deuce McBride is going to have a great tournament. And who else to play other than the best point guard in college basketball? Yep, Io Densumo. So, so I think I think that we're going to get Oklahoma State out of this region. Oh, you do? Um, I think I think Oklahoma State will beat Illinois. Yeah, I I, I make it a rule that I got to pick at least one number one seed to lose in the Sweet Sixteen at some place because it almost always happens. So uh, I think that Oklahoma State picks off Illinois. Um, I think that the the ability to take Kofi out will be too much for him. And I'm just going to bet on Cade going full Cade at some point in this tournament. I'm going to say it's against Illinois. Uh, I think that we get a Oklahoma West Virginia part four. Is it part four? Yeah, part four, part four. in the Elite Eight. And I'm going to go against your boys. I'm going to have uh, Oklahoma Ryan. State uh, in the Final Four. Um, it's just it's ride with Cade, man. Like it's, I you gotta, I just, I'm just riding with Cade. I hear I mean, you. It is what it is. Um, all right. Before we get back and, uh, and do the East region, I just want to let you guys know about a new campaign that we have partnered with Manscaped on. It's called Take Care of Your Balls. For the month of March, if you buy anything from Manscaped, uh, uh, manscaped.com with the promo code FIELD, you will not only get 20% off the show price or the purchase price and free shipping, but a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the, to the Testicular Cancer Society. Uh, with the reemergence of March basketball, Manscaped wants to remind men to take care of their balls. Check yourself for the most common form of cancer in men ages 18 to 34, testicular cancer. For those of you that are on uh, Twitter and that read um, a lot of stuff, like that should hit home. Uh, it hit home a little bit for me today because a buddy of mine who writes for CBS Sports, Kyle Boone, shout out to the Booner, uh, announced that he had been diagnosed with testicular cancer. So um, he's 29. He's got a newborn child. He's got a wife and a family. So um, it's it's something that it's 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 real. So make sure that you you check yourself. Like the the, the thing about this Manscaped promo is like I'm not sitting here uh, just trying to sling you lawnmower 3.0s at this point. I'm not just sitting here trying to tell you about the perfect package or the crop mops or whatever it is you need. Like the the thing that I the reason part of the reason we wanted to partner on Manscaped this for this month was because a portion of the proceeds, if you use our promo code, is something that will uh, will be donated to the Testicular Cancer Society. Um, so, yeah, use the promo code FIELD. If you go and buy something from Manscaped, you'll get 20% off. Some of that money will go to cancer research, uh, and it's for a good cause. And that's really all I got to say. This stuff's good. My wife is 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 pleased with it. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Kyle Boone. Feel better, buddy. We're all pe- uh, pulling for you. You're going to kick cancer's ass. I have no doubt about that you got to make sure you're around to see your oklahoma state cowboys make it to the final four like i predicted let's move to the last region Deshaun, we have the east region where for my money michigan got the toughest draw of any number one seed they might end up getting lsu uh in the second round of the ncaa tournament um we also have alabama in that field we have my yukon huskies Got a pretty brutal draw against Scott Van Pelt's fighting Maryland Terrapins. Texas is there. Florida State is there. Colorado's there. What do you make of the East region day? Uh, it's tough. Like you just brought up, I'm watching LSU today. I mean, I if I saw this probably like a week ago, I probably would have said Michigan would be fine. But watching LSU today, they they shot the absolute piss out of the ball for a good part of the game. Um, and they put together. So, I mean, LSU's Bonaventure is definitely, is definitely good. Um, Georgetown's played great toward the end of the season, as you know. Florida State is Florida State. BYU, who I was very happy to see play against uh, that, really tough. I was almost like two thirds of the game, or get three fourths of the game um, in the championship at the, uh, at the West uh, West Coast Conference Championship or whatever. And UConn, I mean UConn and Maryland are going to be good teams. Alabama's good. We already we already know Alabama's a good team. Texas, like this is going to be very difficult for Michigan to come out on top. Yeah, I, I really like the matchup for either the Bonnies or LSU against Michigan in the second round. And that has everything to do with the fact that I I, I don't know the status of Isaiah Livers. Um, we've seen him injure that foot and be out for the rest of the season. We've also seen 
uh, Michigan deal with an injury, make it seem like they were going to be out with a player for a while, and then have Eli Brooks start in the Big Ten tournament three days after he actually injured the foot. So uh, there could be a little bit of gamesmanship. There could be a lot of things going on here. We just don't really know. Um, and I have not – the intel that I'm getting is is – is not <laughs> there's not a lot of intel there's a lot of noise if that makes sense so um but without livers like he, here's the problem with not having livers right michigan doesn't really have a star they have a bunch of guys that thrive exactly. in the role that they are asked to play and livers is plays the role of being the foreman that could space the floor that can guard up or that can guard down if you need him to being the 22 year old being like the best vet on that team being the best shooter on that team making uh, creating the space for Hunter Dickinson being one of their better big defenders being a rebounder like to me it's a little bit like Virginia losing DeAndre Hunter in 2018 in the sense that they don't really have another guy that can slide into that role and allow him to be as effective Franz Wagner is better when he can play the 3 more than he can play the four. Brandon Johns is good in spot minutes, but you don't want him playing all that much time um, at the purely as a uh, as as a as a four because he's not spacing it. And then LSU, look, say whatever you will about LSU, uh, the coaching matchup between um, Mark Schmidt and Will Wade in the first round uh, that there's a huge advantage for the Bonnies. I I could legitimately see them losing by 25, the, the LSU losing by 25 in the first round, but. They are also really talented. Javante Smart yeah. is really good. Cam Thomas <laughs> is a fucking bucket. Um, okay. Trendon Wofford is like the it's a point four to six nine. It's such a tough matchup. Like that's exactly that is that's really he really plays, tough plays, matchup. But that, that that's not a that's that's a difficult matchup for a number one seed in the second round. Yeah, totally agree. Um, at the end of the day, I still think that without livers. <clears throat> Michigan's got enough to get past um, both both rounds. I think, like, even if Livers doesn't play until they get to the Sweet 16, I think they have enough with Hunter Dickinson and and, front, and, and Wagner to get by. Yep. I just think Michigan has that much more of a good team. Like, to your point, that they don't have a superstar in their team, They someone will be able – I don't know if they'll be able to step in, but it's next-man mentality in a sense what, what Michigan is. So – I feel like there's so much of a team, it won't bother them too much until, you know, you get to the Sweet 16. Yeah. All right. So let's look at the rest of that bracket. Alabama draws Iona and Rick Patino in the first round. Uh, yeah. They'll get UConn, Maryland, potentially in the second round. We have Texas getting uh, Joel Golding and Abilene Christian in the first round. Then we have BYU facing off Michigan State or UCLA, whoever wins that first four matchup. Florida yeah. State gets UNC Greensboro and Isaiah Miller, one of the most intriguing mid-majors. And then we have Colorado and upstart. Georgetown Hoyas, what is your which which one of those matches are you looking forward to the most in the first round, and where do you think the upset is coming from? I look forward to seeing the UConn Maryland game. Um, yeah, UConn has had a, num- a number of things happen to them this season, only to come back even stronger. <laughs> um, I think UConn has a good chance of beating Maryland. Maryland's good, but they also show ten. They show they show they show tons of inconsistencies. So, if I'm looking at UConn the way they are finishing up their year, I kind of think I'd take uh, RJ Cole and Book Knight over. Yeah, over I, honestly, I'm I'm really worried about that matchup. If you look at all the other ten seeds, I think yeah. they would all be better matchups for UConn. Now, um, Maryland is, a, is the kind of team that can go out there and like lose by 15 to literally anybody, but mm-hmm. they also won at Illinois. Yeah. They won at Illinois. Like they're they're a really good team. They can create uh, mismatches with the way that their guys can guard on the perimeter. Um, the one thing that brings me hope is that they don't have much size inside. So I think Adama Sanogo and, and Isaiah Whaley can kind of overwhelm Maryland in the paint. But they have like 17 dudes that are 6'6". They can throw up book night. And, and what we saw Creighton do in the Big East um, tournament um, – what was that? The the semifinals, semifinals was yeah. They just they blitzed him every time he came off a ball screen. Every time they came off a pin down, they sent two dudes at him, yeah. and they they made the bigs beat him, and the bigs weren't able to do it. So uh, that, I think that that's a tough matchup for UConn. I'm really intrigued. Uh, well, I think Georgetown pulls the upset here um, over uh, over Colorado. I love yeah. McKinley Wright, but I just think that this is. I mean, Georgetown's nine and four since they came out of their pause. They beat the shit. They beat the shit out of Creighton. It was bad. It was bad. Like they were up, they were up fifty-four to twenty-one. Yeah, they were up bad. fifty-four to twenty-one. Like I haven't seen some shit like that since I was playing AEU. 
a championship <laughs> game too. Mind <much>. like, yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like. So I think Georgetown yeah. advances. Um, I I want to be into UNC Greensboro here, but like that is just such a tough matchup. Like Florida State against a mid major with the athletes and the way that they can switch is just that's a really really difficult matchup. Now UNC Greensboro does have a kid named Isaiah Miller. And day like if you got a chance to watch, like take ten minutes and watch some some film on him, like this dude, I think this dude might be a pro, but it, that's that's not a favorite. Like they they're all the, all the other four seeds, um, you probably would have been better off uh, drawing. I also think Michigan State UCLA against um, BYU. I think Michigan State can pull off that upset. And look for a first four. Oh, I'm all into this idea that Michigan State. We got two blue bloods in the first four, baby. Let's go. Uh, geez, I actually have uh, Michigan State, I think, will beat UCLA, but I have BYU coming out to go against Texas. Yeah. The way B- I, I think BYU is unique in the fact that they're somewhat big and they can still space the floor, they pass the ball really well. The guys are very disciplined, and I mean, just w- like watching that last the last time I saw them play in the uh, in the conference champion, championship, like they looked. So I think they could they can cause some they can cause Michigan State or cause UCLA some trouble, but uh, I don't see them getting past Texas. All right, so break down um, how you see it playing out a little bit. Like, tell me who you got in the Elite Eight, who you got getting to the Final Four out of this region. In the Elite Eight, I have a Texas Alabama. Actually, I'm worried about the Alabama uh, Rick Pitino uh, deal. I am too. Because I, I, I mean, if Alabama doesn't shoot the ball well, I mean. It can get ugly, and it's not like uh, Rick Pitino has a, a solid team. He has a what is it? A, is it a redshirt senior he has there? That's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good as far as a guard, but like I think uh, seeing Rick Pitino in the first round or any coach, like these guys getting ready to see Michigan State first round, it's just like, geez, like we get a damn six seed, and then we possibly have to see Tom Izzo, who's done this before. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. I know the coach is just sitting there like, damn, but. I got uh, Alabama and Texas, and I have Michigan and Florida State. And, I mean, if it's between Michigan and Michigan being Florida, I think Michigan has them as long as Livers is healthy. If Livers isn't there, I think that Florida State defensively, they can cause some problems because Michigan's going to need to go to Dickinson and and find offense somewhere. Um, I don't. I don't think they get past Florida State without Livers. But if Livers is there, I have Michigan winning that game, and I have Michigan playing against Alabama because I think Alabama against Texas, two teams that play perimeter basketball. They have Obviously, Texas has an unbelievable, unbelievable uh, physicality as far as bigs and athletes, and they have great guards. They like to play in transition, which is right up Alabama's alley. I feel like Texas shoots a lot more uh, difficult shots than Alabama does where Alabama sticks to their threes and their layups. They're shooting 40% on both sides of their threes and their layups. So Alabama can uh, cause some issues for Texas. I kind of got Alabama, Michigan, and then I'm letting Michigan go. I think the three number one seeds will go to the, uh, to the final four. So I I have Michigan losing to LSU. um, And that's because I, this is purely a guess. Like don't, please don't, take this as me having any kind of inside information because I don't, but I don't think that Isaiah Livers is going to play in the first weekend. Um, and that matchup against LSU, I just, you know, that that's one that LSU could very easily win. So I'm going to call my shot on that one. I have Florida State getting to the Elite Eight from that side of the bracket, though. I think that they can get past UNC Greensboro. I think they get past Georgetown. I yeah. think they get past LSU. Um, mm-hmm. Out of the bottom half of the bracket, I have Alabama um, taking care of Iona. That, I think that's going to be, like, Rick Pitino is going to have that team ready to play. Like, and, and and they have a little bit of talent at Iona, um, and you know it's going to be a, a great game plan that he draws up. And the one thing that we've seen with Alabama this year is, like, if they don't come out ready to play, and they, they, they're they susceptible to a slow start. So um, I, I think that, that they just – if anything, then Nate Oates will probably play this for his team, and it'll wake him up, and they're going to win by 30, which is – hopefully it does because we want to see Alabama make a run. Uh, I have them beating UConn in the second round. I, look, as much as I want to be a homer and take UConn to get to the final four, like they didn't give like that. Maryland was the was the number ten seed that I did not want to see, and Alabama was the number two seed that I did not want to see. Um, actually, that's a lie. I would rather have uh, uh, Houston than Alabama, but Alabama, like that was that's a tough draw. So I don't think UConn's going to make the run. I have Texas getting to the final four though. Damn. Um, I love love Matt Coleman at the point. 
Uh, I think that he's so underrated in terms of uh, his decision making, his big shot making, his free throw making. Um, I think that he's he's probably I, I think he'll play in the NBA. Um, I don't know how long, but I think he's going to be one of these guys we look up in 10 years like, oh, Matt Coleman's still a backup point guard in the NBA. Yeah, that makes sense. Jericho Sims is an elite defensive center. Um, and when you combine that with a couple guys that can make shots on the wings and Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey and a couple of forwards in, uh, in Greg Brown and Kai Jones that create mismatches that make shots and space the floor that are athletes that will play in the league. I just think that that's, that, that's, that's really difficult to match up with. Um, so I like Texas getting to the final four out of the East, which means that my final four is Gonzaga and Texas on one side of the bracket and then Baylor and Oklahoma State on the other side of the bracket. And if I'm not mistaken, you have Gonzaga, Michigan, and then Baylor, West Virginia in your final four. So who's making to the title game? Who is winning the national title? Call your shot right now, Deshaun. I already know everybody's killing me right now. But either way, I have uh, Gonzaga going to the to the championship, and I have Baylor going to the championship, and I have Baylor winning. I feel like Baylor has gone through a ton. This is their their hit that they're taking right now, but I feel like they'll – bounce back, finish off the year strong, and play against a really good Gonzaga team who obviously will get through this gauntlet and obviously prove that the uh, their non-conference schedule didn't like soften, soften them up or, or make them uh, look weak. But I still think Baylor just has too many perimeter defensive and offensive threats for Gonzaga to deal with. Is And then Gonzaga has a ton of those. So it, it'll be interesting to see how Mark Vital and Everyday John do against uh, – you know, the Gonzaga's bigs, or would yeah. you call them bigs? <laughs> like, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. So I think, I think I'm going to have, um, I'm going to have Gonzaga playing Baylor in the national title game. Um, and I am going to say that Gonzaga wins the national title. Hot takes, all, hot takes abound here. Uh, the best team in the country, the team has been number one all season long. The team that is undefeated is going to win the title. But here's here's my bold prediction, and, and this is how I'll cap it off. I think that Gonzaga wins every game that they play in this tournament by double figures. I don't think that they really get all that tested once. Is that hot? Is that a scorching hot take? That's. I think that won't be the case. Uh, maybe like two games. I don't foresee Gonzaga just blowing past the competition the entirety of the tournament. Like I feel like uh, by the time they get to – by the time they get to oh, – I had to wait to see Iowa. <laughs> my, yeah. my bracket, I was like, two. Uh, their fourth – their third game, they'll be <laughs> – they'll run into some – they'll run into some competition and will make them uh, have to put their uh, brakes on and and not blow everybody out. I, don't, I, I can't foresee that. Yep. All right. Well, Day, this has been fun. We made it. We made it, everybody. We made it to the NCAA we tournament. We're here. We've been waiting for this for two years, Deshaun. For two years, and we have a bracket, baby. Let's go. I'm excited. Monday, the Dawson and Deshaun podcast. Follow us anywhere you follow us. You know how to do all that stuff. I'm going to go fill out a bracket, baby. I'm fired up. Let's go.